Hey everybody, welcome to episode 186 of the Masterclass Podcast. My name is Cam Brennan, and of course, I'm joined by Dave Hogue. Good evening, David. <laughs> Good evening. How are, How you? are you, my friend? <gasps> I asked you first. You did ask me first. I'm I'm well. I'm always good when we get to this point in our life of sitting behind the microphone and talking, getting in the word. Mm, agreed. I was having a, an interesting day, but we've been talking for like 30 minutes and now I feel a lot better. We were able to get, <laughs> we were able to vent, you know, get some stuff off your chest. Mm -hmm. and well, and sometimes it's just nice. To say something that you think is obvious and then have someone go, yes, that <laughs> yes. is obvious. I agree. It's like, oh, because I don't know, Dave, sometimes, sometimes I feel like I'm taking crazy pills because mm. people are saying and doing stuff that doesn't make any sense. And then I try and apply logic to the situation. And then I'm the one that feels like the crazy person because everyone else is like, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. See, I just figured I was entering into the grumpy old man phase of my life. So <laughs> maybe just being crazy is better. No, no, I don't like feeling like I'm the crazy person. <laughs> but anyways, uh, it is good to be here. It's good to be back on the show. Yes. For the 186th edition of the masterclass. So, uh, Dave, uh -huh. we are, we are in chapter nine, which is good. And I think we should just skip right to it. Cause I feel like if we talk about anything related to pop culture or culture in general <laughs> or news, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, That's just where I'm at. Wise. I would agree. So let's focus on Jesus in the Bible to help uh, center ourselves, mainly me. <laughs> I will uh I will admit that I need some help with that today. Mm. So we finished chapter eight last time. We're gonna start chapter nine this time, but we're gonna we're gonna summarize the first ten verses and then we're gonna focus on um, 11 through 15. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason being the first 10 verses are just the author's uh, explanation of what um, the holy place was in Old Testament times. And so they had this tent that they would erect, and there was a front portion called the holy place, and there was a back portion called the most holy place, which I love that naming convention. It's great. <laughs> and... Uh, in the front section, the holy places where the priests would do their regular, you know, daily rituals, that sort of stuff. The back half, the most holy place, only the high priest could go, and only that was once a year. And that was to um, offer a blood sacrifice for the unintentional sins of the entire nation of Israel. Mm -hmm. So that's essentially what the first 10 verses cover, just the structure of the temple and the purpose of the, the holy place and the most holy place. So keep that in mind because what we're about to read and what we're about to discuss is how that compares to what Jesus has done through the new covenant. So 
That being said, Dave. Yes. Take it away, my friend. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then through the greater and more perfect tent, not made with hands, that is, not of this creation, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purifying our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Therefore, he is the mediator of a new covenant so that that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. Perfect. All right. So you may see why we wanted to spend most of our time discussing this section as opposed to the schematics of the temple. That's that's a different podcast, I think. Uh, <laughs> the first 10 verses. So this is... Uh, I mean, it's the gospel, right? It's the gospel mm-hmm. message, um, but delivered over and against the Old Testament sacrificial structure, right? The holy place on earth as it was back then versus the holy place now, how Jesus, you know, as the high priest that we've talked about throughout the entire book of Hebrews has changed once and for all what that role means. So I just, I think this is, first of all, just an overview. I think this is a really powerful um, couple of verses here. And uh, I'm excited that we could talk about it. Yeah. I I like the intro. But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, I don't know, I just like it. A high priest of the good things. <laughs> <laughs> then through the greater and more perfect tent, he entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. So, one of the key differences here, right, is the high priest that would enter the most holy place would enter with the blood of animals that had been sacrificed. So he was he was sacrificing. It says here like a goat and calf, right? So some something else had to die that he could carry in as an offering. And mm-hmm. Jesus, as the new high priest of the new covenant, says, "I'm not going to sacrifice a goat." Or a pig, or it never would never would have been a pig. Oh my gosh! Ah, they were unclean. <laughs> How dare you? I know. Wow, that was blasphemy. Um, he says, "I'm going to offer the sacrifice of myself, my own blood, my own body." So huge difference, right, between yeah. what the Old Testament high priests did and what Jesus did. He has significantly upped the ante. Said, "I." will be the sacrifice. I will stand in their way. I will be sacrifice for the sins of God's people. 
Mm-hmm. And then by doing so, it says, thus securing an eternal redemption. So, as is explained in the first 10 verses, the high priest would enter the most holy place once a year. And this was something they had to do every single year. You know, just like we celebrate Christmas every year, just like your birthday every year, or, you know, tax day or New Year's, like this annual thing that had to be done. Christ, because he's no longer, you know, we're no longer sacrificing animals, he's sacrificing himself. It is a once for all sacrifice that is made one time for eternity which I mean that's a long time Dave (laughs) it is so one of the things that you know occurred to me in this is that you know um we're talking about the Holy of Holies, the priest going in once a year. Um, I think we've talked about it before of how they'd wear bells on the fringe of their robe so that if they stopped hearing the bells, that means you had, that priest had died in the Holy of Holies. Well, and they would tie a rope around his waist so they could drag his to, body yeah. out. <laughs> so, I mean, this is like, you know, the most intense place, you know, and... The reason it's the most intense place is because it's where the presence of God is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our you know, covenant, that's all that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So there's all these cool, um, uh, knickknacks is not the right word, but <laughs> 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 I, I can't, I'm drawing a complete blank on the word that I'm, I'm gonna, looking I'm for. Gonna but... need, if you're going to keep talking like that, I'm going to need you to put some bells on your shirt so I can make sure that you're still alive. <laughs> well, on the other end over here. Uh, yeah. Um, I, gosh, I'm drawing a complete blank on the word, but, you know, symbols of what God has done for mm-hmm. the Hebrew nation, you know, very important things. And the curtain is torn when Jesus dies on the cross. Uh, so yeah, the yeah. curtain, the curtain to the Holy of Holies, the thing that, that was in essence protecting everybody, um, yeah. gets torn. Yep. And it's like a big, thick curtain, you know, I've heard... Like it's was six inches thick. Like it was not an easy thing for it to be torn. But in essence, you know, at, at that moment, the Holy of Holies is no longer hidden in this room, but the Holy of Holies, it, it becomes a part of who we are as Christians and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, um, I guess I'm 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 adding on to what you're saying in terms of you know eternal salvation and the redemption and um, the things that happen um, through Jesus, but there was that element too of that holy of holies is no longer hidden. It's no longer an inner room. It's no longer, but it is. It's let loose, you know. And again, if the high priest went in there and he wasn't properly prepared, he would die. And now it has been released and we're not dying, you know? So there was even, there's, there's something in what Jesus did in terms of our redemption that keeps us from dying (laughs) when we are exposed to uh, God and his spirit. And 
just his holiness. And, uh, you know, even as, as those words are coming out of my mouth, you know, I still think about um, when we do get to heaven and we are in his presence of just, um, you know, falling on our face, falling on our knees and just not being worthy of him and in his presence. And, um, I, I, I've, I've had a lot of thoughts about this lately of just, you know, I always think that we as Christians are like, Oh, heaven is going to be great. And it's going to be fun. And I, I, I wonder if there isn't a little bit of, we get a glimpse of just that, um, the majesty of God that is just so intense that it's, it's, it's almost frightening, you know, like it, mm-hmm. it's unnerving. It's an undoing of who we are and, and our, you know, and then kind of like a swooping in of then realizing that you are forgiven. Um, and I, I don't know that I'm articulating this well, but just, is there an element for us to, tr- when we truly receive, um, redemption and that forgiveness and that realization that we get to spend eternity of God, that it isn't preceded with just this overwhelming sense of how unworthy we are. And just, I just have this, like, is it just going to be the most awful thing I've ever experienced? (laughs) But then God's going to go, but you don't have to experience that. You get to experience me in eternity. And I, I, I have that nothing to base that on other than my own <laughs> inner thinkings. But my point in all of this is just how awesome God is and how just almost terrifying his presence can be for us who are not worthy of him. So that was my diatribe. No, it was good. I, so I'm interested. I want to bounce an idea off of you mm-hmm. and just and get... so. We when when we see people in the Bible that are you know shown the presence of God you know it, mm-hmm. Old Testament stuff you know uh, the burning bush uh, you know walking by and Moses seeing the back of him his face you know shining like the radiance of the sun like that sort mm-hmm. of stuff um, you know uh, the, the trembling you're standing on holy ground like it's always super 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 intense right and mm-hmm. that you know people high priest dying in the Holy of Holies because they went in, uh, you know, without, um, doing what they needed to do and the right attitude and, and, and all that sort of stuff. But I wonder, so long, long way to get to the question. Do you think, cause that's where often we hear of like, you know, the terrifying nature of God and, you know, mm-hmm. when he appears to Job and, you know, just kind of like, shows up and it's like, Oh, freaking out. Right. Mm-hmm. Is So I want to say this very carefully. Do you think that because of what Christ has done, because we are clothed in the righteousness of Christ, that when God looks on us, he doesn't see our sin, but he sees Jesus. That when we see God in heaven, we will not have that. I'm unworthy. Holy. Like, Mm-hmm. freak out moment not because we are worthy but because we are clothed in the worthiness of Jesus like is is there going to be a different way that we experience the presence of God because of what Jesus has done versus how you know people experienced him in, in the Old Testament 
So that is my hope, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I haven't, I haven't, I haven't spent a ton of time researching this or, or, or contemplating it in terms of actually looking at the scripture, but based on my limited knowledge and my experience, that is my hope. And that is, I, I think more where I would land. Um, but I just, I've, I've also just had this sense of like, um, just that, you know, we, we've talked about this, about Jesus being a nice guy and, I think just we as Christians always gravitate towards the pleasant stuff. <laughs> and I, I guess I've, I've just kind of been going, it is possible to experience that. So I guess I'm, what I'm giving is my answer is that I think what you're, what you're saying is probably how I would land in terms of, I, I think that's why, you know, being in relationship with him and knowing him and experiencing him and being, you know, we are forgiven, you know, there's not like you have to do it again and again, kind of a thing. Well, even as I say that, I think we do need daily forgiveness, but, um, that's kind of what we're working towards in this life. And that is God's intent for us when we do get to heaven. Um, but I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I completely comfortable with saying there's no way that the other's going to happen. We shall find out one day. I know. <laughs> Either way, it won't be dull. <laughs> yeah, and 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 even in that, you know, uh, we as 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 Americans can be very individualistic in our faith. You know, He died for you and you your sins, and yep. are, we're very personalized. And in you read the Old Testament, you read the Bible, and it's much more about um the body, the nation of you know, it's it's this it's a collective, and so. Maybe it's not our individual sins that we necessarily get, you know, rung through the ringer for, but maybe more of a collective just sense of as human beings, none of us are, we're worthy. And it's just, you know, and I, I, we just don't view the world that way. And so I, I've, I've thought about that as well, that it could be more of a collective um, you know, and, and what's coming to my mind is, is the book of, of revelation, Mm-hmm. when the seal is broken and there's nobody worthy to look. And then there's great rejoicing because Jesus is worthy, you know, and it's, it's, I get a sense of, of like, like people are truly just devastated when there's nobody worthy. And so I just, you know, that's where that kind of comes in of uh, that, that collective, none of us can <laughs> manage it. So. I don't know if I answered the question, but no, it's I. I didn't think you were gonna have a, a <laughs> yeah, I'm a nice and, bow on it, you know. <laughs> but I wanted to just kind of poke at it a little bit because yeah, interesting. Um, what was I? I was gonna say something, but then I got distracted because I'm a child, and I was like, <laughs> what? What entrance music is Jesus gonna use in that moment? <laughs> like the most somber and 
like devastating moment in history. And I can't help but think hmm, Stone Cold's entrance music or like Crazy Train. <laughs> like what's he going to show up to? And it's just like, oh, dear, I'm such a child sometimes. Anyways, but I think there will be music. I, d- I don't think you're wrong in that. Well, it'll probably be like the choir of angels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which will, I, that's what I think is going to be like. I'm very interested as to what that's going to sound like. I have, I have a, a guess that it's going to sound unlike anything we've ever heard. Yeah. I think, it's and you know, those, that. and you know, those moments that you've had where worship has just been phenomenal. And, you know, the body is in unison and there's true just praise of God and just how transcending that can be. And then it's like, oh, wow, multiply that times infinity. Well, and I'm, and I, yeah, that, and I'm even thinking like notes that we can't hear now Mm -hmm. that we'll be able to hear harmonies that don't exist because those notes don't just Mm -hmm. the tent, like I'm just fundamentally, I think it will be a different, completely different. And that as a musician, Maybe that's why I hope this is true because, <laughs> you know, a whole new, a whole new world as it were. But yeah, I just, I can't imagine that a choir of angels singing in heaven is going to sound like anything we've ever heard before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's exciting to think about. Uh, all right. I don't remember what else I was going to say, so we're just going to move on. Because, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, no. That 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 uh, that train has sailed. So as they say. <laughs> uh, so we'll pick up in verse 13. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer, sanctified for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience? from dead works to serve the living God. So a couple of things here, right? Like, again, we're comparing the blood and ashes of animals to the blood and body of Jesus. So there's that comparison. Mm -hmm. But there's also the comparison of the blood and ashes of the animals sanctifying the purification of the body, like human bodies, where it says that Jesus is to purify our conscience or our soul, yeah. dead yeah. works to serve the living God. So not only is his sacrifice greater, but it covers what actually matters, which is not mm-hmm. our physical bodies. It covers that, but it also goes further to cover the thing that, you know, our very souls. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I think, a major point here, that when Jesus died, he died to save everything that makes us alive, everything, you know, that God created in his image, not just our flesh, but our very soul, our very lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this to me just has, has a very like practical application for here on our life, our, our earthly lives of just, purifying our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. You know, it's not just about when we get to heaven. It's not about what's next. It's about doing it here and now. And I I think that's such a a fascinating concept of purifying our conscience from dead works so that 
we can serve the living God. Like we would not be able to do that without that being done. And as I often do when we're talking, just go, oh boy, I feel like I fail. (laughs) Yeah, but the good news is, Dave, that Jesus has forgiven all. Yep. And um, I I was going to wait to talk about this book until next episode because I wanted to get further into it. Um, But it actually applies really good here. Uh, It's called um, Gentle and Lowly Mm -hmm. by Dane Ortland, And um, I think the subtitle is something like uh, The Heart of Christ for uh, uh, Sinners and the Suffering. And it's mm-hmm. it's um, a book walking through the Bible and trying to understand, based on what the Bible says, not what Jesus did, but who he is. There's plenty of books about what he did, right? You know, all of the parables, all of the miracles, the, the crucifixion, all that. But like, what is his heart? Who is he? What is he about? know then and now and one of the um chapters is about his uh i'm gonna go i'm actually gonna go get it so i can i can read it um, (laughs) because it's too good for me to screw up all right yeah so it's um it's actually he's referencing hebrews 12 which we'll get to in i don't know like six or seven episodes And it says, uh, in Hebrews 12, Jesus is called the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And he says, for the joy, what joy? What was waiting for Jesus on the other side of the cross? The joy of seeing his people forgiven. And he goes on to say, Jesus is the high priest to end all high priests who has made the final atoning sacrifice to completely cover the sins of his people so that they are provided for to the uttermost. And there's other sections of the book where he talks about Jesus' desire to forgive. And he gives the example of a doctor who Mm. goes to a remote people that has a contagious disease that's killing them and he has the cure. But because he's from a foreign land, they don't trust him. And all he wants is to, is to cure them. Hmm. And the joy that he gets when one of them finally accepts the medicine and is cured. And then the continuous joy he gets as more and more people come to the doctor for healing. How much more so would Jesus enjoy doing that for his family? Those that he's already died for. Wow. And yeah, it's dude, the book is so good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I guess what you said about like, Oh man, I feel like I fail all the time. It's like, well, yeah, we do. Right. But Jesus isn't there with a clipboard, writing it down. Like, tis, 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 Dave. (laughs) He's saying like, yes, that's a sin. Yes. It's covered. I, Mm -hmm. I, my joy is found in the forgiveness of my people. And then, our joy is found in him. And so 
it's this like mutually beneficial it sounds so <laughs> dirty to use here but it is it's it's a relationship right where right. jesus is his joy is in forgiving his people and our joy is found in him we can't find it anywhere else yeah very cool so the last verse therefore he is the mediator of a new covenant so that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from the transgressions committed under the first covenant. So again, that's the final bit, right? Yeah. We receive the promised eternal inheritance since a death has occurred that redeems them from their transgressions. So the death of Jesus... gives us the redemption for the transgressions that we committed against the law because he's abolished the law. He has fulfilled it. So those sins against it no longer stand. Yeah. That is just awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm, you know, not very often at a loss words and something to say but I think just the uh, oh, what's the magnitude mm -hmm. of what I can comprehend this means right now is is a lot and I'm hoping that as I grow older my ability to understand that magnitude grows and that yeah. I'm able to on a deeper level not just intellectually understand that, but experience it mm -hmm. um, and have it be something that changes me as a person and how I live my life and how I treat other people um, because of what Christ has done for me. Right. And not just for me, David. Let's get out of our American way of thinking. <laughs> but for everyone that he is called mm -hmm. to his family across time. Yeah. It's, it really is fascinating that he would do what he did for us while we were still his enemies. That's a, uh, we're working through that in, in um, Ephesians chapter two right now in youth group. And it's, it's it just every time I read it. <laughs> yeah. While we were still his enemies, Christ died for the ungodly. Mm -hmm. Whew. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I, you know, <laughs> reference Dallas Willard a lot kind of our <laughs> foundational premise of the master class. But just, uh, you know, I, I frequently think of him and just the way he would speak as he was at the end of his life. 
And that's like, I, I can truly say that is one of my greatest desires is to be at that place when my life is over near the end of just, just, um, being as close to grasping the magnitude of it all as you possibly can, uh, while we're living here on this earth and just, um, yeah, I, I just, those, I, the godly lives that I, that I see that are faithful to, to the end, um, not in a hurry, but <laughs> that is my desire. Well, I guess in a hurry, what is it in the whole scheme of things? But so, yeah. All right. Well, we will carry on with the rest of chapter nine in the next episode or two, depending on how it shakes out. But, uh, <laughs> stay tuned and we'll see. And uh, I think that'll do it. So, um, yeah, I think that's that. Let's uh, say farewell. Sounds good. Appreciate you all listening. Yeah. Bye. Bye.